Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talk to Thomas Gelzo, a Guelph man with a dream. Think about this for a second. Where can you go in Guelph if you want to use your French language skills? Seriously. This is a bilingual country, and unless you have friends or family that speak French or you live in an area with a lot of French speakers, where do you go, and who do you talk to if you want to speak French? It's one of those questions you don't really think about until the day you finish your last French class, and unless you're looking towards a career in federal politics, there's not much for the casual French speaker to do but wait for a trip to Quebec one day. Are we about to change that? Speaking French is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Learning a language is not simply about understanding the vocabulary, but also requires one to become familiar with the culture that produces the language so that learners are equipped to interpret the communication. That insight comes from the Facebook page for Une Maison de la Francophonie à Guelph, which was started last fall by Guelph resident Thomas Gilzo. Gilzo is an actual Frenchman from France who made his home in Canada, first in Toronto, but more recently in Guelph, which are two places not exactly notable for their French culture. Of course, there are Francophone people in the royal city, but where do you go to hang out with other French people? For that matter, where can you go to flex those French as a second language skills that you spent so much time honing in school? That's one of the core ideas behind Une Maison de la Francophonie, and it's not an original idea either. There's a Maison de la Francophonie in Ottawa, where you think it would be easy to find French speakers, since Quebec is literally across the river from Ottawa. But the French house is more than just a place to speak French. In Ottawa, the Maison de la Francophonie is a cultural center with sports and rec activities, health services, cultural events, language courses, childcare, employment help, and services for newcomers. All that sounds pretty good, and it plays nicely into Guelph's open and inclusive community-minded vision. So, what would it take to create a Maison de la Francophonie in Guelph? Is there enough local excitement to make it happen? The person best suited to answer those questions is Thomas Galzo, and he will talk about it on this edition of the Guelph Politicast. Galzo will talk about his background and journey to Canada, whether he was surprised about the lack of French facilities here, and where he got the idea to create a local Maison de la Francophonie. We will also talk about what a French house might look like in Guelph, what services it might offer, and how it's essentially about tearing down the walls between Canada's two solitudes. And finally, we will discuss the potential fundraising avenues, how the old drill hall might make a nice location, even if that's not a deal breaker, and what Galzo hopes to get out of the project for him personally. So I caught up with Thomas Galzo earlier last week via Zoom. So, Thomas Gazo, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, why don't you talk a bit about yourself and, and your background for a minute? You originally hail from France, do you not? The the, the motherland of the mother tongue, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. It, it's been a while. I've been in Canada for 14 uh, years. Um, it's a funny thing. When you're an immigrant, you're always an immigrant. But a lot of people think it's in a bad way. In my opinion, it's in a great way. I am 100% Canadian when I live in Canada. I feel French when I live in France. It's totally possible. It's not schizophrenic, as some people think. It's actually great. Like, and, and it's not even an effort you're making. Like when 
here I'm hearing news about France. I think they, oh, they've done that. Oh, they've elected this guy. But when I'm in France, immediately, like a second, I'd be able like a, a French person. Funniest thing, my daughter, who is three, does the same. When she's here in Canada, she's complete Canadian. And she's like, she's look at her grandparents and say, who are those people? When she's in France, she's a little French girl. It's, it's crazy. And it's beautiful. I like being an immigrant. It's a, it's a nice thing. I think that's not an unfamiliar feeling for people. Uh, we, you know, a lot of people in Guelph come from other places within Canada. So, you know, I think when you're in Guelph, you're a Guelphite. When you're, you know, where I'm from, which is Georgetown, you know, you kind of have those loyalties when you you go back there. But um, can I ask what uh, makes a Frenchman settle in Guelph? What brought you here? Um, it's history like uh, personal history it's complicated i first of all why did i i went to canada uh, i i you know i was very happy in france uh was engineer and patent attorney made, made a lot of money um uh, uh, had a great uh, social life but then i fell in love and decided that uh, i was going to live with my future wife and it was a good very good idea uh, so i came to canada it was not easy because all of a sudden my my uh, diploma were not recognized. So I came to Toronto, <clears throat> which in a way um, made it even more difficult. I, I always wonder what would have happened if I like first settled in a city like Guelph. But no, mm-hmm. I settled in Toronto. And at first, you're really isolated uh, as a newcomer. So it was a very, very hard first years uh, living under the level of poverty and stuff like this. But there's something about Canada is that you never feel abandoned. You never, you always feel that there's a community that's around you. Uh, and I never felt distressed. I always knew that it will get better, that I just needed to work hard and stuff like this. So I stayed 14 years in Toronto, got to love the city of Toronto. Uh, meanwhile, I discovered Guelph because my mother-in-law is, uh, is living here. Mm. Fell in love with Guelph. I love architecture. The first thing I, I, I noticed about Guelph was the architecture. It's phenomenal. Like... For an architecture lover like me, it's like, oh my God, what an amazing town. And also very surprised about everything that was available. Movies, uh, there's kind of like a little of everything, mm. uh, but but nice each time. So never thought I would settle in Guelph, but then the pandemic struck and with my wife say like, why, why we should buy a house, frankly. Uh, whereas we're all the time, uh, we're living in, um, in the University of Toronto family housing, which is a great place to live. But, you know, and then, of course, we cannot could not buy a house in uh, in Toronto. So we did what millions of Torontonians did. Uh, we we decided to buy a house elsewhere. Uh, and uh, we decided Guelph because I received this is with the city I love. And really, I felt strongly uh, um, yeah, attracted by, by the city of Guelph. And so one year ago, we saw, and my God, uh, I love Toronto, but I, I could, could not go back. Guelph is, for me... Um, I think it's the place where I always dreamt to, to live. There's everything that I love. There's it's the size that I love. It's the the proper balance between progressive community that that's kind of bold and something that's very rooted into nature and and you know no bullshit and stuff like this. It's uh, yeah, I'm uh, profoundly in love with wealth. Well, maybe the tourism office can reach out to you for the next uh, <laughs> the next ad campaign. I'm curious as as someone coming to Canada from France, I mean, we, we are technically bilingual, but I mean, there are big stretches of this country where um, 
you know, there is no French. And I think this is kind of what the project gets to um, the project that you're, you're working on. But I mean, from your experience, what you knew about Canada coming before coming here and, and sort of um, understanding that it is a bilingual country, we have strong historical roots to France. Um, does it surprise you that maybe that's not as apparent like in, in day-to-day life once you've settled here? So it didn't surprise me because I happen to have been to Canada a long time ago when I was doing my, my fifth year of engineering uh, school and I was in Polytechnic, actually the, the year after the shooting of Polytechnic, which was wow. which was something. Um, I was in the, the department uh, where a lot of the shooting happened. So it was a, it's an, a whole other story, but it was yeah. something. But in, in, in That in is a case, whole other story. <laughs> uh, I... Um, I discovered Canada through Quebec and I saw kind of the other side, uh, which is the other solitude. Uh, but um, I was really surprised this time. I see, I, I had a lot of friends in both sides of Montreal, the, the English and, and, the, and the French side. I found it so rich to, you know, for, for me, I knew a little bit of the United States. Like I went to the, to the west side of Montreal and oh, here was I in the United States with everything that I love in the United States. I went to the east side, everything that I love in, in francophone culture and stuff like this, it's so rich, but no one was enjoying it. It's the 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 wall that the fact that in one side it's only anglophone, in the other side it's only francophone, that there's no communication whatsoever. This was a long time ago. I'm sure it has it, it has changed. It was like mm. yeah, 30 years ago, I guess. So I'm sure it's it's a little bit better now. But at this time it was phenomenal. You know, it was at around the time of the the, the latest referendum, the last referendum, hopefully the last. <laughs> you can hope um, and so there was a divide there was so yeah this is how I learned about this weird <clears throat> thing about Canada when I came back so I was not surprised but um, I I think I immediately noticed there was something huge about this and it's huge I, I think too many people who are born and raised here don't realize that this issue is huge it's, oh it's a, it's a you know a side issue we don't really care that much it's huge for me the identity of Canada is profoundly rooted in our bilingualism way more than people think oh we should get rid of the french and all speak english no 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 try you'll see what's going to happen you you'll you'll just discover that what you thought was making the fabric of canada disappears because what makes the fabric of this country is those two totally different way of thinking again when i see this with my daughter like it's like she's two different person when she's speaking french speaking english and it's beautiful because they're very different they cannot be more different like there's really two civilizations that have been pitted against each other and, and really different. Yet, the, the way it, it, it kind of like melts together, the profound love, because I know no one believes me, but there's a profound love between Francophone and Anglophone. You're profound. It's like, you know, one of those old couples that they feel that they have nothing to, <laughs> they're, 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 they're done. Right. But, but when, if they actually get divorced, they just realize that, oh my God, I just abandoned the love of my life. And, mm. and, and it is that it, it is strong. It's so beautiful how, and, and, and sometimes the kind of like hate that seems to, it, it's more a love hate. It's like, um, I think from the perspective of, of Quebec, there's always this fear of being assimilated of being like the, the kind yes. of like, um, you know, the more fragile person of the two. And so they, they compensate by being tough. We are going to show you who we are and we're going to prevent you from speaking English. And we're going to, and so that's the, their vision. And the vision uh, in the English side is more undermining. We don't need you, French people. If we, you you were independent, we'll be fine without you, et cetera, et cetera. But while doing this, they forget that, you know, it's half of the, who they are. And 
I think Neil is always saddened by this. It's so something very simple, like why, why, like uh, CBC and Radio Canada, how come the CBC shows don't have French uh, subtitles and the, the, the Radio Canada show doesn't, don't have English subtitles? That's what mm. the bilingual country is supposed to do because then you have access to the other culture. It's right. super easy. It's how you learn uh, a new language. It's like, you know, I'm, I want to see tout le monde en parle. Oh, I don't speak French. But yeah, hey, there's subtitles. So there's subtitles, sorry. So uh, I, I can understand. And, and uh, same thing if... But no, it's like, no, we cannot do that because there's the French and there's the English and the money for the French should go into the French and the money for the English. This is stupid. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> this is stupid, destructive. And there's no upside to it. Like, oh, what? There's... Uh, uh, you can always like you know turn off the subtitles if, if it's if it's annoying you there's, there's tons of technological way to do it just make it happen just give the option to people to turn off uh, subtitles why not and this kind of example could be i worked at the Théâtre Français de Toronto we have subtitles um which is great but it was necessary that uh, there the, the, was those evenings without subtitles and people say, yeah, but because the community wants, no, no, it's not true. It's just because there's this kind of like, why would Anglophones benefit of our Francophone theater? We want to be you know, among Francophone. And I'm not blaming anyone. Like the two yeah. are guilty. It's, it's two solitudes that should not be, that, sh that have no reason to be, that have so many things in common. It's such a miracle that from the, the inception, like from the perspective of indigenous people, it must be so frustrating because they nothing has been done you know like to to to, to put them inside the, this federation but the two other the english and french is amazing that from the get-go okay we'll 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 give you this we'll give you that we'll live together we have education in french services in french in english like they have you know like mcgill they have tons of theaters in english the things that are available are incredible like you know we have like the, all the products in two languages. It's unique in the world. No other country does it in the world. So people say it's horrible. No, it's not horrible. It's it costs us too much money. But you know, tons of stuff costs money. This is something beautiful. You can also now you know packages are written in French everywhere in Canada. Not not bad. Yeah, and to get at what you're talking about, the solitudes. Um, it's not something we kind of do consciously either. I mean, maybe. If you're living in Quebec and you're English speaking, you maybe you can go out of your way to not engage um, the the French parts of town. But here in you know Guelph, I didn't grow up in Guelph. I, I grew up in Georgetown down Highway Seven there. But I mean, it, it's the same thing. Um, you would start your French lessons in grade four if you didn't go into French immersion, and you would learn French every year through high school. Um, but unless you go to Quebec or somewhere where, you know, abroad where they do speak French, you don't really get the chance to use those muscles, the atrophy. And the thing that I found really appealing this the idea of having a, 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 a French sort of facility in Guelph is that now you have somewhere where it's kind of like set up or it's like here you can engage in French culture. You can use those muscles. They don't atrophy. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it tears down those walls you're talking about. Yeah, and that's the project. Like, uh, I'm glad you're saying this because, like, the, the the other media they kind of focused uh, on the theater part, and I understand the theater is important. No doubt about <laughs> it. But sometimes I'm, I'm watching the. What are you talking about? Like, it's not just a theater because I, 
a discussion on social media. Some people say, why don't you use the, you know, the, the, the River Run Theater and said, wait, it's not about, it's not about showing like Les Miserables en Français in well, this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, bringing, making like, like big French companies. Right. Making serious stuff, but, but the, this is not the primary goal. The primary goal is exactly what you said. Have a place where you can live in French. Uh, have a feeling of French culture because if that's how you, that's how you get familiar with the language is, you know, me, before I came here to Canada, I didn't speak English well. I spoke English like, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm speaking English well, but what I'm saying is that I <laughs> was not able to express myself. Right. And it's because I was immersed in, 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 in the culture. It, and it's not even necessarily the language because you practice. It is because you're immersed in, in the culture. You're exposed to it. And so it's exactly what you said. You're flexing your muscles. That's exactly what it is. Because, you know, our brains are wired to just learn from pressure. Uh, if yeah. we don't have this pressure, we're not learning. And not learning correctly, we forget. It's like when you read a book, say, oh, I'm so smart. And like two days after, I forgot everything about the book. Um, if it's about Einstein or something like this. Um, so this, this would be really a place. And again, not only a theater, but also, you know, maybe... Um, a restaurant because a restaurant is where you can talk with your friends and maybe people that you met there who happen to speak French and you know um, a little wine bar or um, maybe a, 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 a place where, where they can provide activities for kids um, all kind of stuff uh, all kind of stuff that is um, that, that you know happens in the community center you, you can have like you know business meeting and stuff like this etc etc and it's the whole the whole atmosphere. I tried in the group to, to to try to give a feel about this. You know, you just you come, you see a show. It's a great show. You love it. Maybe you don't speak French, but you understood it because of the surtitles. Then you met this person in the show and say, "Hey, uh, I love. Can we speak French together?" Sure. And and you go to um to to the wine bar and you 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 have a drink and maybe you meet friends and I'm totally aware it's a dream. I mean, it's yeah. something that's 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 really hard to to create. Um, but it's also the reason why I decided to, to, to do this thing this way, that what I want to do is first to build a family before we're building a house in which we're going to move in. I'm not going to build a house and say, come on, family, because the family might not come. There's so many white elephants uh, in the different parts of Canada, those big community center, not necessarily French, by the way, they can be dedicated to other community. But they are empty. They're beautiful. They're shining. There's like, oh, there's a theater. There's this, there's that, and there's no one who come because because they, you didn't create this desire and this this story around it. Right. I mean, what you're talking about, I don't think is outside the because going back to my own school experience learning French, one of the ways they they teach you is um, through dialogues. You know, you and it's a group activity where you create a French dialogue and you present it to the class. And, and I mean, this seems to be kind of like a, maybe a looser version of that where you're inviting people to come out and, and become a community and, and use their French language muscles, um, which um, is, is already ingrained. I mean, it just, it's not that weird an idea. It's what we did in school to learn French is talk to each other. <laughs> no, it, it, exactly. And it's, it's, it's funny, but um... That's also like I have a lot of think about, you know, like people telling me, but the funding and stuff like this. <clears throat> There's funding available because, uh, you know, we're in Canada and, and French education is funded. What also people don't understand is that this funding is done through grants. 
if mm-hmm. we don't get the money uh, here, the money will go somewhere else. It's not like you're going to pay less in taxes because we don't get the money to, to you know, provide activities that help us. So it's a little bit self-destructive to say, uh, oh, I don't want to do this done because it's, it's government funded. Hey, I, it's, it certainly will not be because um, that's the worst thing if you want to appeal to a community. It's certainly something that will be municipally funded. I think there, there won't be a dollar coming from the municipality of Guelph because this is, by doing this, by asking dollar from the community, you're saying to the community, I'm going to use you. And this is the contrary that I want to do. I want to say, I'm going to give something to you. Right. The money, I have no, if there's anything that I'm confident about, it's the money. Uh, there's tons of people, um, uh, first of all, uh, private funders uh, who be there. Um, there's tons of like uh, companies who will be super happy to participate in, in this, like companies from Quebec, companies uh, France will be probably really happy to participate in a way or, or another uh, because um, they, they're really trying to, to, to increase the, the impact of France. And then, yes, government subsidy, but not in the form of like the government's going to fund that. It's not going to be like, a, it's just like there's tons, there's tons. I, I've, I've been working with a lot of uh, non-for-profit um, mm. and often a manager of the, the Francophone programs. There's tons of money there that often gets wasted in initiatives that are not useful. Uh, I know that Heritage Canada will be so happy to have an initiative like this that is immediately, you can immediately, uh, you know, explain the benefit of such an initiative. And, and there's money and there's going to be more and more money because even in the province, increasing uh, the possibility to educate in French is a priority because everyone knows that it will benefit the province. So mm-hmm. I'm not afraid about the money. I'm more afraid about it. And I remember because when I was in Toronto, I was kind of uh, engaged in discussion uh, with the community there uh, about doing kind of like a francophone village uh, in Toronto, kind of a... And I talked with um, somebody who was like, um, he, was a, he was a developer who was building a huge uh, uh, redevelopment in region park. And he told me like, the money is here, but we need your community to be clear on what you're wanting. Because what can destroy a project like this? It's kind of infighting within the community. So first of all, you need to have the buy-in of everyone. Just like say like, okay, here's what can be, the project can be, tell me what you think about it and it will be your ideas and also, are you with us? Do you do you do you support that? Will it be good for you? Because that's that's what really and that's really what I'm after at the moment. I'm not I'm not worried about Canada is really good at getting things done. So when we decide to build something, we're building it. Um, so it's more like deciding what we want to build together, and then it it will be built. I have no I have no, no doubt about that. Do you have a particular location in mind? I think this has kind of been staple to the drill hall. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of a, a big empty space that I think is inviting people to sort of fill their ideas uh, with. But I mean, is like kind of what's the space needs you're thinking about? Yeah. So the drill hall was more the, um, the catalyst, the thing that triggered. And it's true. And like when I saw it, I say, oh, Maison La Francophonie for different reasons. First of all, I think it's beautiful. I love beauty. I really think French is a language of beauty and that anything that's French should be in a beautiful environment because otherwise it doesn't fit with the language. So I know people will find me maybe a little bit offensive saying something like that. <laughs> and also it's not offensive because it's not saying that any other language is bad. And just saying that French is a language that, 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 that it's a beautiful language. Like it's beautiful. It's what I think. Um, and also it's, um, 
So first of all, it's, it's as I said, I'm really a big fan of architecture. It's beautifully, or, or the, the architecture is really interesting. Um, the, the history of the, of, the, of the thing, like, you know, there was like tons of, um, how do you call it, fairs um, there. There's really something yeah. about, um, about how you, you grow a community that's really important that, that, that's been going on there. And it's really near the, the train station. And I love Guelph train station because there's via rail. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of trains because for me to represent the travel, seeing first time I saw via rail, it was like, okay, I want to live in the city. Like in the, mid, in the center of the city, you see the train that goes to Ottawa or Quebec or wherever Vancouver can dream, uh, <laughs> wherever it's going. And so I was just thinking that train passing and, you know, in the roof of the, of the, of the, of the drill hall, Maison de la Francophonie, that's something like in the middle of Ontario, Maison de la Francophonie, uh, and big thing. Like if I'm in a train coming from uh, Ottawa to Vancouver, I'm not sure it goes this way, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be profoundly... Uh, I'd be profoundly. Winter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so it's a catalyst. It's, I, never, I'm, I never studied anything. I don't even know what it looks like inside. I don't even know if it's feasible. Um, so it's more... Why not? If it's feasible, it would be great. If it's not, it's really not important. It's um, it's really, really not important. But I like it to to have it as a flag around mm. which to rally because I think there's a lot of beautiful things about this uh, this drill. And if the city wants to reuse it anyway, it will have to be uh, repurposed. And you know, who knows? Maybe the Maison de la Francophonie can be something that um, you know, there can be something like the Three Founding Nation House where there's like. A- <laughs> Part which is dedicated to indigenous culture, a part is dedicated to Maison de la Francophonie, and a part is dedicated to English language culture. It could be a beautiful thing, also. Like, a, I think it could fit into a, into a wider thing that that maybe would be in this uh, drill hall or will not be. Or, you know, there's more easy things. That, for example, how you do those things is when they built like in Toronto, for example. Mm. Uh, if you want to build a theater or like a community center, you have a big high rise and you arrange with the developers so that they have the zoning rights that the three first level are dedicated to whatever institution. That's how Université de l'Ontario Francais has been built. And it's really efficient because there's like, you know, like a, the developers are really looking, uh, looking for a, you know, easy zoning. And plus it, it, it gives a kind of an edge to their thing. Like say, oh, you can come and live on the top of Maison de la Francophonie. You know, it's like come and live <laughs> on TIFF and say, oh, this right. the price of the units all of a sudden like jump up. Yeah, it, it makes it a bit easy, a bit easier to sell than just another condo tower. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one of the things I'm interested in is like this idea. It sounds so simple. It makes me wonder, like, has to your knowledge, is this something that's taken off in other places? Is, is you know, or is this a, a uniquely Thomas idea, for, uh, or could be a uniquely Guelph idea, courtesy of Thomas? But I mean, what what's kind you know has something like this been tried other places? Yeah, uh, it's been tried in other places with different uh, different models. So it's been tried in maybe for a good forget of Edmonton, mm-hmm. uh, in Vancouver, in Ottawa, and in somewhere else. I'm not sure where. Um, w- with various success, I haven't been to any of those places, so I'm not going to judge and say this works, this doesn't work, and stuff like this. Uh, I have hunches. Like I, I think that each time it's too much about 
French services and like, for example, and again, I'm not judging because I've not been there and I have no idea. Maybe it's super successful. And so I'm not, I don't want to have like the Ottawa community just jumping at me and saying, you're wrong. I think you're probably safe. <laughs> I'm used to, I'm used to, to conflict. I'm not, I'm not, I'm French, so I'm not really afraid of conflict. So that's fine. Um, so I think it's, in my opinion, again, uh, too. Uh, oriented towards the francophone community, which in my opinion is a mistake because the francophone community is not the one that needs this kind of stuff the most. Like They can speak French in their house. Uh, they can speak French at work usually, especially in Ottawa, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, governmental uh, uh, jobs. Uh, they can speak French at school. Their kids can speak French at school. So I think it's a little bit of a mistake and it sounds it really recreates this voice. Like, this is our stuff. This is our Francophone stuff or we have our Francophone show and where you never write something in English. Like, say, for example, if there's a board, the board will speak French. Mm. Say, oh, of course, it's the Maison de Francophonie. The board should, should speak French. Sure. But what you're losing is all those people who don't speak French and think it's a good idea and maybe are really smart at, you know, finding uh, contacts with, uh, with, with developers and stuff like this. So they got the money. They, they succeeded. They built their house. Fine. Uh, this model is not going to work in Guelph because we don't have the, the community to build a purely francophone uh, thing. The model they've done in Vancouver is really smart. I really like it. And uh, it looks a little bit like Alliance Francaise in Toronto, which is not exactly a community center. But basically, their idea is that they have a theater at the center uh, where they bring a lot of professional companies. So it's attracting people. I don't know if they have surtitle. I'm sure they have because uh, I think with their model will not work if they don't have surtitles, but I'm not sure. And then they're doing um, uh, um, language classes. Uh, and that's, in my opinion, really smart because um, people, um, you know, are attracted by the, by, by the, uh, the show. And then they, they, they want to... What I don't like with this model is so it's a little bit too much business in my opinion. And me, I'd like a model that's more accessible to the whole community. I, I don't want it to be a, you know, like a fancy thing for uh, families who, who have more, um, you know, capacity of, of, of giving money. And, and so sure, it's great. Maybe at some point it can be uh, an addition. And, you know, if, if the, the thing starts working, it can be, oh, say, let, let's offer class and maybe do a partnership with Alliance Francaise, who are great, by the way, because they have great know-how and I'm sure they'll be super happy to, they have already like four campuses in Toronto. I'm sure they'd be thrilled to open a, a campus in Guelph. So if it works, uh, you know, you can add stuff. That's a great thing. You can maybe add also partnership with, uh, uh, with Guelph University. Um, so... It's a model that that um, that that in, I like, but that I don't think it should be the model that we we follow. And then this Edmonton, it seems to be, and again, I don't know because the only thing I can see is their website. Seems to be the closest for from what I want to do. They have a lot of concerts, a lot of like um, uh, activities that seems to be really fun and enjoyable. And you know, uh, uh, it's true you don't need to, to to see a concert. You don't need to really know the language. And you have a band from Quebec coming like a, uh, I think that's, that can be really, um, and it seems to be, in my opinion, again, uh, it's just my impression, given what I've seen on, on the, on the website, it seems to me that it's the most um, community minded, where really the, the idea is to build a community, is this kind of like Alberta pride thing, like, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's do a, some kind of like a, a square dance together or something like that. <laughs> And I, and I say that I'm not judging. And when I say that, I'm a profound admirer of square dance and, and 
cowboy. And if you looked at me the way I dress here, it, I, I, anytime I can find something that's cowboy like, I, I take it. I love it. Fair so enough. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not judging, but there's this kind of mentality <laughs> I love because it's it's kind of like oh, first of all, it's a it's a nice connection with Quebec because yeah, they're in Quebec too, and uh, so it's funny to have those two different parts of Canada who share those values of kind of rural like a uh, uh, square dance like uh, kind of stuff, and it's cool to embrace it because you have some band like the Cowboy Fringant which are amazing like really like Anglophones say like oh you have an amazing band that's beautiful it's like country music to its to its purest expression and um, usually those people those those band they're fan of everything that's going on in in Alberta and other provinces uh, you know as far as country music is related and so it's true a big concert like this and it's super fun uh, they have a restauranting too um yeah so this will be more this model but so no it's not my invention um <laughs> well thomas you sound like a very optimistic uh and positive thinking sort of guy i'm however a reporter so i have to pour cold water on everything i see yeah of course i guess what are the challenges then i mean is this like is, is this an opportunity waiting to happen or are, are you kind of bringing a lot of energy to this and um I, I guess you know how how do we get from from here to there? You know what's what are what are sort of the challenges you've got to overcome to to, to cut the ribbon on uh, on a, a French house here in Guelph. Well, the funny thing is that at the moment, one of the main challenges for me seems to be to temper the enthusiasm, like because a lot <laughs> of people write to me and say, "I've been waiting for this thing since ages," and guys, it's not built, and I'm not going to build it alone. Uh, this 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 person said to me, "Why don't you uh, don't you get a loan in the bank?" Uh, no, 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 no. It's not. This is not what I'm doing here. I'm not. I'm not. This is not a business that I'm starting. This is not uh, me. I, I have uh, my life. Uh, I'm doing this because I, it's something that's really important for me. But it's not. I'm not going to do business out of it. It's not. Uh, so no, I'm not going to uh, to make a loan to build a house of the Maison of Francophonie in my shed. Uh, this is not going to happen. Uh, and so I think this is the most, for my biggest challenge to put things into perspective. It's true that when I've seen, uh, you know, the, the the CTV thing, I loved it. But say like, oh, wow, it looks like we're, I'm going to build like, you know, one of the Mervish theater. In, in, right. In the so um, it has to be understood that um, it's what's going to happen is not a giant stuff that's going to be built at, at the moment. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge is is to to transform the energy uh, into um, into into collaboration. So uh, my next step will be to create um, to create a steering committee. And actually, I'm going to create two. The reason why I need to create two is because I want at least one that works in English, because otherwise I'm going to lose. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of like you know like uh, um, people and voices that, that that can be really helpful. Already connected, a lot of people would like to be involved. But I also need to have one, so I need to find a name. This is a, a very hard because you don't want one to seem to be higher than the other. Otherwise, it's. But I need one that works in French because otherwise I'm going to lose uh, the francophones. I am, and I know I am because I know now well enough the community is that if I'm saying like we work in English, okay, so this is an English initiative. We we're, we're, we don't want to do that. Right. So it's going to be tough because I need to present it in a way that's understandable for everyone that doesn't look weird uh, i don't know i am still thinking and like if anybody has idea by the way if anybody has idea if anybody wants to help with this contact me uh immediately me i'm i'm willing to collaborate i i thrive in 
in kind of collaborative environment. It's how I think stuff happens. So uh, it's not me like coming with a plan and say like, this is my plan. I Everything is open to discussion. If somebody tell me like no restaurant, no way, it's going to be too complicated. Okay, fine. If somebody said theater, no, no, fine. No theater. Like really, I, uh, I'm open to collaboration. But um, So this is really the next step. So I want to do really like profound outreach to, to figure it this then when this is figured out i'm going to work with those committees to figure out what's the best structure so i i don't know in, enough the structure that are available is it kind of like a not-for-profit i have no idea i have zero idea what's the best thing to um uh, to be created but i need a structure that's that's able to fundraise because the third step is to fundraise because that's also the I think it's an important thing and really before asking for any subsidy or asking for any, uh, you know, big corporation to get involved, you need to see, need to show that the community is involved and is able to chip in. So, you know, it doesn't need to be like fantastic sums, but it needs to be a fundraising that where people, you know, stop and think, oh, there is something going on here. People are ready to put their dollar uh, on this. Uh, so I think there'll be a big fundraising effort and I'm really um the people I'm going to try to recruit after the, the, the steering committee is volunteers. And I'm really, really impressed by what they're capable to do, by what, what their um, understanding of stuff is. So I think I'm going to do to try to launch a big fundraising effort. Um, and then when this is all this is done, then I'll start working on a plan and, and go to, to City Hall and say like, this is... And I'm not in a rush. Okay, some people say, "Oh, yeah," but if you want to drill a hole, uh, maybe it will be too late. Yeah, it's okay. I don't need the drill hole. So if it's too late, it's too late. It will take the time it will take. I right. need to have those three steps before I do. because the 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 thing I really don't want to is to make something that disappoints people because there's been so much disappointment about those things. So you you know you uh, in Toronto they've been trying to build a, a kind of like Francophone community center for forty years. Each time they make that big announcement, it will be with this, it will be with that, and then it falls. And then what it what it does is that it kills the energy. So I don't want to kill this energy. So right. uh, I first, yeah, as I said, I want to build a family. So let's go see how we can get involved. Are you going to put your money uh, here? Uh, if not, then fine, that's okay. It means just that that no one wants it that badly. That's you know <laughs> that they're ready to put some uh, some chips in the game, which is fine. We've talked a lot about what this could mean to the community and, and what it can mean to, um, you know, Anglo-Francophone relations and um, educating people about, you know, the French language and French culture. Uh, what does taking on this project mean to you? I mean, what are the personal stakes for, for you and seeing all this through? Mm. At, really at the at the bottom it's really um it's really um uh giving back to community that's that i'm really thrilled how, how canada uh welcomed me and what i what i was able to build in canada uh, i'm really thrilled about guelph about the way guelph welcomed me and uh, and i think i want to contribute and maybe in a more in a more kind of selfish way uh to make a difference to ch- change things and i say oh i did that um yeah to 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 just like do something that's uh that's making an actual difference and making changes that can really benefit people here um uh it, it is a little bit more selfish because there's a there's really something about you know about 
pride, I guess. And uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, I'm uh, not ashamed of that at all. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm not. This is the thing. Also, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to. To there's something sometimes here where people have the impression that it's it's almost a, a kind of like samurai way of things. Like when you put you, I've seen this a lot in politics. Like it's expected that politicians are going to go all in, even though their their families are going to be destroyed and stuff like this. Well, no. Me, uh, yeah, a politician I love is Joe Biden because Joe Biden said this is where it stops. Sorry, I'm going to do this work. I've been elected for that. But you're the president of the United States. You need to love. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, my life is, is <laughs> otherwise. I have other interests. So no, I'm just going to go in my, you know, uh, to go for my vacation with my family. And if you're not happy with this, don't elect me less. And I'm a little bit like this. I, I have things to propose, but I'm not going to just like, oh, okay, so I'm going to put my own, my own money in this so that it happens. No, no, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to put my own money in this so that it happens. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to... Uh, and I'm already, I think, doing a, a good job uh, uh, reaching out to people. I'm really going to build something. But if it doesn't work, that it was it, it was meant to not to work. I'm not. I don't have this kind of like, um, yeah. Uh, it will. I will do everything so that it works. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll just like commit suicide because I failed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, I, that's a little bit of Europe. I wish we could all adopt is that we don't have to work ourselves to death to do good yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wish I can bring this to Canada sometime. It 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 hurts me with my wife. I say, oh my God, this woman works so much and she's doing so much and she's so generous. Stop. You don't have to give it your all. It's okay. Think about yourself. Go to sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I reached out to you, Thomas, because I thought it was an interesting idea. And I, I think uh, a lot of people are, are, are catching on and... Um, are really interested in seeing something to, f- to come to fruition. Uh, so best of luck to you. And, and thanks for, for taking the time to talk to me about it today. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. It's been a really amazing discussion. Uh, whenever you want. I like this kind of discussions. All right. Good. Thank you. <laughs> and once again, that was Thomas Galzo. If you want to help out with the cause of getting une maison de la francophonie à Guelph, or if you want to learn more about the mission, you can go to the Facebook page set up for the project and join. You can find the direct link in the show notes page for this episode. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Source's Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, and you can send me an email at AdamADonaldson at gmail.com if you would like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico. You can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you this time next week. And until then, we will see you next time. 